When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Hour number two of Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We are nearing the NFL draft, Joe. And all the talk has been about the quarterbacks, as frankly, it it always is as we head towards an NFL draft, right? But it's been about four guys, and none of those names are Hendon Hooker. It's interesting, because once upon a time, just earlier this past season, Hendon Hooker was in the conversation for Heisman. And I think we forget about that, the production there very early in the season for the Tennessee quarterback and how excited people were about him as an NFL draft prospect. And then Hendon Hooker fell out of the conversation because of injury. Well, Mike Tannebaum, he is ESPN's NFL front office insider. He was on Greeny today, and he had some interesting advice for what the New York Jets should do in this draft. Draft Hendon Hooker, quarterback, University of Tennessee. Look, Aaron Rodgers, we know it's a short-term marriage. Hopefully it all works out. But they got to also build for the future. And Hendon Hooker, to me, when it's all said and done, has unbelievable upside. And ideally, he, he sits a year behind Aaron Rodgers. The quarterback position goes from a weakness to a strength. Oh, God. He's oh, been hot quarterback. on this topic. Listen, another quarterback having to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. That's what made, I guess that's what made me laugh. Like, Jordan Love would like a phone call with Hendon Hooker and be like, bro, no. <laughs> Um, Although maybe uh, it's going to work out for Jordan. I mean, he's waited for his chance. Maybe it works out for Jordan Love at the end. Tannenbaum is a very, uh, a very bright football mind. I wonder if, if he's got some insight into this or if this is just theory. Like he's thinking because this isn't the first time he's been talking about Hendon Hooker in the first round. He was doing this last week too. And when you look at all the draft props that are out there, the over-under for quarterbacks in the first round is four and a half. So if you think Hooker's going in the first round, you bet that over. It's plus money. He's an intriguing prospect because he's coming off this ACL injury, which 15, 20 years ago, that was like a death sentence. Now, guys get back a lot faster than they did before, and they go back to playing elite-level football or baseball or basketball. They can do it relatively quickly. It's not like it used to be. It's not as, 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 as daunting when you're dealing with an ACL. On top of that, you go through his career at Tennessee. He's big. He can run. He's got a big-time arm. He completed 69% of his passes last year, which is extremely good for a quarterback. He's only thrown five interceptions over the last two seasons. Not last season, the last two seasons. So he's a good decision-maker with the football. He's an accurate passer with the big arm. He's got all the physical metrics. And he has a marquee win over Alabama on a Saturday night. Everyone saw that game, and he played huge in that game. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. But the knee injury. So is he a first-round talent? I'm intrigued by what is driving Tannenbaum. Is it his personal evaluation, or is he talking to people in the know that really like this guy? I'd like to get to the bottom of that because, you know, selfishly, I think there's money to be made betting some of these props. So, you know, Mike, holler at your boy. 
I mean, there might be because I've been surprised that nobody is talking about Hendon Hooker, frankly. And now all of a sudden, as we get close to the draft, there are some people out there saying, hey, he is a first rounder. And there's some people out there saying he, he might even be the fourth quarterback off the board as opposed to Will Levis. You are talking about a guy who before that injury threw 27 touchdowns to those two interceptions from last season, over 3,100 yards before he got hurt. The season before he threw 31 touchdowns to just three interceptions. Hendon Hooker has certainly shown that he has the talent and the talent playing inside a very competitive SEC. Now, I'm looking at some of the landing spots in terms of projecting out for Hendon Hooker. And one of them is interesting to me because there's quite a few places I'm seeing that say the most likely landing spot for Hendon Hooker might be Seattle. And that's the team that I keep screaming from the mountaintops that should take Anthony Richardson. Well, Hendon Hooker is not like so different from me. I mean, I think Anthony Richardson's even more dynamic and more athletic. I'm also a Gator fan, so I hate the Bulls. So there's that. Maybe I'm skewed in my perception. <laughs> I did think Hendon Hooker, though, was excellent. And I thought he was electric. And you have Geno Smith. It's just with Geno Smith returning as QB1, it's still hard to buy in on Geno Smith as a long-term solution. And they didn't give him a long-term contract extension for Geno. He's just there, potentially, for a few more years. It gives Gives you an opportunity here to develop a quarterback behind him, whether that's Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker. Either one seems like a good option for Seattle. They are drafting higher, though, than I would have expected for Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about that number. I think it's the fifth overall pick uh, with, yeah, with Seattle. They're five or six. They're right in there. I don't. I, are you suggesting they take him there? No, well, so that's what a lot of people are suggesting. And wow. so although I like the pick, I'm surprised that we're talking about him going that high. And that's See, what is, that's where it's so I mean, they are crazy. that fifth pick, that fifth pick in the This in the happens draft. every year with the draft. There there are the, the marquee storylines that everybody discusses and gravitates to for the first couple months of the process. And then all of a sudden new names start emerging and you got to sift through all of that to figure out, is this smokescreen type stuff? Are we all supposed to be looking in this direction because something's happening over there? Or is this stuff legitimate? Sometimes it's extremely legitimate. And then other times it's just complete nonsense. I remember Geno Smith. It's funny you bring him up his rise in the Mm buildup to that draft when it was a very weak quarterback class. And by the end of it, we kept hearing Geno Smith could, go number one or number two overall he was coming out of West Virginia and played very well there I believe his teammates with Noel Devine or uh who else was there Steve Slayton I don't know maybe I'm getting him confused maybe Pat White was the quarterback there West Virginia used to have some big time talent back then man those offenses were fun under Holgerson but I digress (laughs) <laughs> so he comes out, and we're talking about him going number one overall, and he doesn't even go in the first round. E.J. Manuel was the only quarterback who went in the first round that year. Florida State prospect, I want to say somewhere around the 15th or 16th pick to the Buffalo Bills, and that didn't work out. So now, you know, there's so much to like about Hooker. I don't think the knee injury should scare that many people away. I mean, if you're going to draft him, you know you're dealing with that, but at the same time, it's not like these ACL injuries or what they were 20 years ago. The right. advancements in medicine and surgery and rehab have sped these up. It's just a matter of getting your medical guys in a room with Hendon Hooker so you can evaluate him to see where he's coming, how he's coming along. So what Tannebaum was suggesting there, the New York Jets drafting Hooker, that would be in that 13th spot. That sounds a I little don't. bit more reason, re, uh, reasonable They're supposed to, to be competing about, this year. They, they shouldn't be drafting a prospect. Yeah, like we're working on drafting a prospect when you're supposed to be going all in and Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, what the heck is happening with Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets? Is it even happening? What is it going to look like if it doesn't get done? 
<laughs> I mean, the fact that it's so quiet and we're not hearing from him is very interesting. That's very bizarre. Very interesting. I have no How idea. How is McAfee right now? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Mac- look, McAfee was just at WrestleMania. He got to take out The Miz. McAfee's doing just fine. I mean, he's living his life. James, it looks like you want to. Oh, you look fired up. You were right on the mic. I figured I went WWE. I no, saw no, you get no. all excited. He was Perked talking up like in a my groundhog ear on as February you were 2nd. talking. He was, James was talking in my yeah. ear as oh. you were talking about McAfee at the at the wrestle at WrestleMania. So I think he might have even missed uh, you waxing poetic okay. there about McAfee taking out the Miz. Don't worry, guys. We could roll this one over to the next segment, and I'm sure James <laughs> would love to give you all of his thoughts on McAfee in his performance at WrestleMania. Also, we'll continue this conversation about Aaron Rodgers. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So speaking of green, we were just talking about the New York Jets because Mike Tannenbaum suggested that the Jets should look into drafting Hendon Hooker in the first round of this draft, which surprises me and Joe that it would necessarily be the Jets specifically since they're supposed to be right now focused on winning a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, except for they have to get Aaron Rodgers first in order to even try to do that, Joe, and it seems like that's not happening right now. What's interesting, speaking of the draft, though, is we are a matter of weeks away. Now pay attention. Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers watch. Honestly, Rachel, you were slipping a little <laughs> bit tonight. I think I said Aaron Rodgers like 25 times before you actually hit. I'm she, just like, yeah, but it's all about the sneak attack. She can't do it the same time every time. Right. Uh, it was a good move there. You got I me. Know, I think she spent a little time at the resort pool on vacation. She comes back. She's a little slow there with the uh, reflexes. Little, because I didn't the stretch. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. That's enough. That's that's enough. Let's 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 get serious now. Let's get so, serious. So since we're getting serious, at the end of this month is the NFL draft. And although that is not the deadline for a deal 
between the Packers and the Jets, Jets to get done for Aaron Rodgers, it feels kind of like it is, Joe, because if they have Aaron Rodgers, New York, you would think that they're going to maybe draft differently than if they don't. Like this sort of affects everything. And also maybe for Green Bay as well. Coffee's for closers, as they say, and the Jets can't close. This thing should be done by now. Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, along with other members of the organization, got on his private jet. They went to California. They met with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, in turn, told Pat McAfee and the rest of the world that it's his intention to play for the Jets this season. Enter the Green Bay Packers, who clearly are looking at this saying, all right, well, if everyone's decided that the Jets are going to be the next team for Aaron Rodgers, we need to be compensated, and we probably feel we have some leverage. They don't want to overplay their hand, of course, because they need to move on from Rodgers as well. So both parties have incentive to get this deal done. The idea of maybe all this time lapsing, indicating someone else has gotten into the mix, you got to figure a team like San Francisco, who I don't know if financially they can make it work because they have the Bosa contract coming up and a lot of other high-priced talent under the hood, but they got to be desperate to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely desperate because they've been so close. And they are not going to be able to keep this core group of players together much longer. So I think there's more here than meets the eye. I think the idea of Rodgers to the Jets, maybe a couple weeks ago it seemed like it was very close to getting done. But the longer this takes, I'd say the bigger the problem there is. Because if everyone was going to close, they'd be drinking their coffee right now. Yeah, we're hearing the Patriots are secretly maybe trying to shop around Mac Jones. Could they be interested in going after an Aaron Rodgers? You mentioned San Francisco there. Sure, why not add a third quarterback to the confusion there in San Francisco with the departure of Jimmy Garoppolo? You're right. There are teams that are going to be interested in a guy who is not far removed from a back-to-back MVP and also one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation. But it seemed like a done deal when he goes on McAfee's podcast says to the entire nation, that is the team that I want to go to. And I don't know if that hurts the leverage for the Jets. It feels like it did since they haven't been able to get this done and they haven't been able to facilitate a trade as of yet. Ryan Clark, he is ESPN's football analyst. He was on Get Up. He said if this thing goes past the draft, then it's advantage Packers. The reason I believe the draft is such an important day, because if you're the Green Bay Packers and now you don't have these draft picks in 2023, then what rush are we in to make this deal happen for the New York Jets? Now I'm going to ask for even more future compensation because I know that you're desperate. It's a very good point, because if they get this done before the draft, there's ramifications, not just what I mentioned earlier in terms of these teams knowing how to build through the draft, because now they know who their guy is at quarterback officially, but also in terms of the availability of those draft picks are supposed to get draft picks in return. If they can't utilize them in this draft, it changes the conversation in terms of negotiations. The Jets need to make it very clear, and I'm sure they already have, that this needs to be done before the draft. It needs to be done before the draft. Or if the Jets are going into the draft without the Rodgers deal done, their mindset has to be, we need a quarterback. They can't be depending on Aaron Rodgers. They cannot allow the draft to come and go without solving the quarterback situation. They can't let it get past the draft. Now, I know, or at least I've heard, that there's some incentive here to this deal possibly taking place after June because then Rodgers is like a post-June 1 designation, so it might help somewhere with the salary cap. I don't know. I should look more into that and then come back with that information for the great listeners out there. But ultimately, there's no reason why the Jets – should go through the draft without this done. 
If you're going into day one of the draft and the Aaron Rodgers deal has not been consummated, you should be looking for a quarterback in the draft unless you feel Zach Taylor or someone else, Zach Wilson, excuse me, or someone else out there that's currently available is your guy for the for the future. Because if you get past the draft, what's the point? What's the point? You're just going to be – I don't want to put the analogy out there, but you're not going to be in a favorable situation, should they say, and that's what Ryan Clark was alluding to. Yeah, I mean, there are other deadlines that come into play. Like, they have to pick up the Jordan Love fifth-year option by May 1st. If you're the Packers, that becomes important. Uh, there is different ramifications, which is what you were alluding to, between a post-June 1st trade versus a pre-June 1st trade. So if the Packers get through the NFL draft and the love deadline without having traded Aaron Rodgers, they may be content to wait until June to make the deal because once June 1st passes, the Packers would get to spread Rodgers' dead cap hit over two seasons as, as opposed to absorbing it all in 2023. So if they trade Rodgers before June 1st, they take a dead hat hit a dead cap hit, which is the salary cap space that is taken up by a player no longer on a team of $40 million. That could be spread over multiple years and becomes much more manageable after June 1st. And Let's then look of at course it this way. you have training camp beginning in late July. So there there are financial ramifications, but yeah, if you go past the NFL draft, it sounds like the Packers would be better suited to wait until June. Let's look at it this way. What's the likelihood that, and remember, Rodgers went into the darkness retreat saying he was 90% sure he was going to retire. He came out. He found out when he turned his phone on, apparently, that the Packers were looking to move him. It feels like he was insulted by that. So suddenly now he wants to play for the Jets. A few weeks have gone by since then. What's the likelihood that Rodgers is now revisiting the idea of retiring and just calling it a career? I don't think very good, but who the heck knows when it comes to Aaron Rodgers? I I don't fully – none of us know, really, what is in Aaron Rodgers' mind, right, or what makes Aaron Rodgers tick. But I've gotten the impression that Aaron Rodgers cares what people think about him, and I don't know if he would all of a sudden want to swerve and come out and say, you know what, just kidding, guys. I actually don't want any of this to happen. I've been wasting everybody's time because I'm going to retire. I don't know – if that's the move, if you're Aaron Rodgers, that certainly would set the world ablaze for a moment, and the coverage would be interesting after that. I mean, if he it, did all of this to us, and then he retires, Joe, come on. It, it would, but at the same time, he said he was 90%. 90. He didn't Before go into that darkness into dark retreat. Hole. He didn't go into that thing 50-50. And it's not like he came out and said, and again, this would be key. I was 90% when I went in, but I spent four days in the darkness. I was alone with my thoughts. I had plenty of time to think, and I realized, you know what? I still do love football. I want to play one more a year. If he had said that, that makes sense. But he, he didn't say that. He said he, he, he went in 90% certain he was going to retire, and then when he came out, it wasn't about loving football. It was about finding out that the Packers had been shopping him. So therefore now out of what, like spite or revenge, he suddenly decides he wants to go play for the New York Jets and, and do what? Like stick it to Green Bay? As time goes on, if you were not, if he said he was 50-50, it's one thing. 90% certain he was going to retire. And then he turns on his phone. And it's not that he decided he still loved football. It's that he was mad the Packers were shopping him. I don't know. I, that emotion can cool. I, as a Dolphins fan, don't want any of this to happen, but it would be funny if the Patriots then swoop in and stick it to the Jets by ending up somehow with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I do feel like there's a little bit of a risk here. 
the longer this runs to the Jets, we're just, they expect nobody to be in. I understand Green Bay is not going to want to probably trade him within the conference, but that no other team is going to come in the dark horse that none of us are expecting and want a guy who is a three-time NFL MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, come on. There's definitely a market for that guy out there. Things have been very, very quiet on the Aaron Rodgers front. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, lots of things to talk about across the NBA. We will get into those storylines. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Still got a blue check. Still got a blue check mark, Joe. Is today the day? Was, no, I thought the day was supposed to be April 1st. I'm still holding strong, though, you and I. Uh, yeah. Maybe Elon was wiling. Maybe he was... Uh, just seeing how many people would actually pay for it. All sorts of celebrities and companies and everybody else came out and said, nope, not paying for the check mark." I did get the company it. memo that said, uh, you know, it, updating everyone on how the process is. And mm-hmm. by the way, we're not paying for the blue check yeah. marks. Like, nor way, should you. you. Nor should <laughs> it's, you. It's up to you. Yes, uh, that will not be covered by the company. Uh, and a lot of companies, I believe, took that approach. So uh, womp, womp, womp to Elon. But I just checked you as well. <laughs> you still have the blue check for at least now. You can find him at Joe Fortenbaugh with the blue check. There is tons of news across the NBA. We are heading down the stretch here of the regular season. The regular season in the NBA ends this Sunday on Easter Sunday. A reminder, Easter is Sunday because I forgot until this morning. And then I realized Easter bunny baskets, things have to be done. Joe, nevertheless, we bring in some help. I think we're workshopping a name for this thing, James. I kind of like fast break, though. Joe and Amber, fast break. Good work. Yeah, that, that might stick. We'll see what happens here. Put um, it out to the callers. They're smarter than we are. They could come up with an idea. Listen to this segment and then call 888-SAY-ESPN and give us a name for it. Yeah, because we're going to try to make this segment a daily thing as we head into a postseason here for the NBA. It's a quick moving segment. James sets us up. There's some sound bites. There's some questions. What would you guys call it? Fast break right now. Leading the way. Go ahead, Joe. I mean, James. Yeah, I'm James. Uh, that's yeah, Joe. Whatever. You're James, Amber. Joe, James. Uh, nice to meet you, Amber. Yeah, all right. Here we go. Uh, also, I'm sure the Easter Bunny has everything taken care of. You don't have to worry about that too much. Uh, Got it. We talked to Wait. the Easter Bunny, uh, told them that we were going to be uh, in a different place for Easter. So oh, he knows everything. He it's knows. fine. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, he knows where to find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we know it's not a she? Uh, are we going he for Easter Bunny? 
I don't know. I, he wore, I, I, I always Here comes picture, that can of worms. I, I feel always, like James, I, I, I always like picture him wearing like a, a bow tie. Yeah, she's. I always picture. I always picture Easter Bunny wearing a bow tie. That's my bad. I, yeah, I don't know. You're right. I, I would no like idea. to go on the record right. to the corporate overlords at Disney to say I have nothing to do with this conversation. That's Amber <laughs> Wilson, James Steele, Joe Formball can be found in a separate state, separate city, talking about separate things. Just trying to save Amber from herself here and uh, make sure she don't, she's not worried about the Easter money. Okay. So as we know, since the Mavericks traded for Kyrie Irving, things haven't gone very well for them. They are currently out of the playoffs, not even in the play-in spot. Uh, and um, Luca was asked uh, earlier about if he would be shut down if the Mavericks fell out of contention. Take a listen. Luca, there's been talk about shutting you and Kyrie down for the season. Uh, what are your thoughts on that possibility? Uh, no, uh, I'm playing tomorrow. Uh, you know, when there's still chess, I'm going to play. So that's not, not going to happen yet. Amber, what do you think? I mean, what, what, how, do, how do we get here with the Mavericks? I, just... um, I don't, right, I don't know how we got here. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. We all thought that Kyrie, well, I don't know if we all thought it, but a lot of people thought Kyrie would join this team, and that would be the help that Luka has always needed, and clearly that is not the case here. I said it at the time. Those two guys, when you're talking about a player in Luka that is so ball dominant, it's not going to be fun for Luka to be sharing the court with Kyrie. Kyrie hasn't even played that bad for the Mavericks. It's not that, but it seems like Luka doesn't enjoy things anymore. And I don't know if that's Kyrie's fault, per se. Kyrie's going to be the one because of the reputation, because the way things have gone everywhere he goes, because he tends to leave teams and then they get better, like in Boston. Because of the things that's happened here in Kyrie's career, he's the easy mark for us to point the finger at. But at some point, you have to point the finger a little bit on Luka, right? Like, we all agree Luka, Luka is a super, super, superstar. He's a generational talent then your team's got to make a play-in, at least. Your team has to be in a position to make the postseason. And if you're unable to do that, then frankly, it would be silly for you to risk yourself, shut yourself down, and figure things out because that front office is going to have to do some serious retooling or you're going to end up losing Luka Doncic one day as well. The smart play here is for Luka to go out and say, no, if there's a chance, I'm going to compete. That's what I do. I'm a basketball player. I love basketball. We're not out of this. Because that endears him to the fans. That's what they want to hear him say. Then behind the scenes, he has a conversation with the front office and the coaching staff, and they say, yeah, so we're going to shut you down because we don't want to risk an injury here, but you go out and tell everyone how upset you are with the decision because it's going to make you look like a hero, and we're going to go ahead and take on the role of bad guy, but this is in the best interest for all of us. As it pertains to Irving, shutting him down, what's that going to matter? He shuts himself down all the time, whether it's now, whether it's last year, whether it's three years ago. He's going to be on his way out of town. The Mavericks, they took a shot. They swung and missed. It's strange because everyone knew this wasn't going to work except them, apparently, and they're the ones who pulled the trigger on the deal. So I mean, I good could- luck moving forward. But in a wide-open West, when you were in the Western Conference Finals last year, this could have been your year, and you totally squandered it. I guess I credit them for trying something. They're trying to put pieces around Luka it's not working although it isn't over yet the highest possible finish for the Mavericks right now is the eighth seed so they could find themselves squarely in the postseason picture they do own the tiebreakers against the Lakers and the Jazz as they sit on the season at 39 and 43 with Sacramento Chicago um, and um, San Antonio left to play go ahead James 
I'm trying to do some production there, and it, uh, a lot of sound effects. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're working it. We're working we're, it right yeah. now. It's fast break, yep. but it's a work also, in progress. This yeah, we're workshopping. You, tw- you know, tweet to us some names. Give us some help. Adjo Fortenbaugh at Amber W Sports. We're also, workshopping this in real time. It's fine. Also, I'm trying to hold it together because the Penguins are in the middle of a playoff push, and they're All down right, four do nothing to the Devils, Focus and it's this. not good. Not talking puck right now. It's not Talk good. A little round ball. All right, so uh, we're we're in we're in the season of. Uh, Playoff scenarios. Uh, so the Nuggets can clinch the best record in the West tonight with a win or a Grizzlies loss. How important is it for the Nuggets to have the top spot in the West? Joe. Eh, I mean, I don't know. Is it important? Yeah, sure. You've been the number one seed pretty much the whole year, so you might as well finish the deal and go out and close it. But whether you're the one, whether you're the two, it's not going to matter. You're going to have to play a handful of good teams. You're going to need to play great basketball for three series to get yourself to the finals. So if you're good enough to do it at one, you should be good enough to do it at two. But with the way everything shakes down this season, I don't know. I'd have to see what side of the draw Phoenix would end up on, and my goal would be to avoid them if possible because with the way the playoff structure, they don't reseed, right? So wherever you are in the bracket, I would not want to be in a situation where I'd have to play Phoenix. So the Denver Nuggets, as James mentioned, they win one uh, and they lock in that number one seed. The Phoenix Suns, if they win two, they'll lock in that number four seed. Obviously, there's a lot of moving parts here down the stretch in the Western Conference. Yeah, the one would would get the four five. So you would end up drawing Phoenix in the second round. Very, very possibly. So I would say it's as important for the Nuggets as it is for anybody because it's always important, right, to lock up home court if you can. But also an extra may be important for this particular team because you're talking about a team that lacks the postseason experience and also has high expectations because of who you have leading that team. You can't have a dude who has two back-to-back, you know, maybe is going to end up being a three-time back-to-back MVP here who gets bounced in the first round. I do think that there is some pressure on a healthier Nuggets team than we saw last season. Last season, Jokic got a pass. This season, he doesn't have the same sort of pass. I do think that there is some pressure on Jokic, particularly with the MVP controversy this season. No matter whether he ends up winning it, Embiid or Giannis, it doesn't really matter. The pe- the pressure is still on Jokic, I think, here to perform at some point in the postseason. And home court is going to help you continue to perform because it's an NBA championship that the Denver Nuggets should be looking at for a team that's been sitting atop the West the entire conference long. James? There we go. That was a swoosh. Uh, So speaking of championships, (laughs) uh, we've been trusting the process here with the Sixers for, what, like a decade now? Mm -hmm. And uh, it hasn't really paid off with a title yet. And Stephen A. Smith said today that this might be their last chance to win one as currently constructed. I believe that if the Sixers don't get it done this year, particularly if there's an early exit, even though I don't think he should be in trouble, I think Doc Rivers would be in trouble. Um, I think that you have to advance deep into the Eastern Conference playoff picture for him to be safe. I think that James Harden is not long for Philadelphia. Uh, We've heard mumblings about him going back to Houston. I'm being told he's given the organization indication that that's something that he would not mind. But I think that even though Embiid and Maxi would be there. And the fact is, you're going to have an ownership team that's going to look at this franchise and say, wait a minute, the process has been ongoing. What do we have to show for it? Not even a berth in the Eastern Conference Finals? That's unacceptable. Joe, can the uh, Sixers get it done this year? No. Are you kidding me? I'm a Sixers fan. I know how it ends in the second round. 
It ends in the second round every single year. This year, with the way things look, it will end in the second round of the Boston Celtics, who will then go on to play the Milwaukee Bucks. And if I'm reading this correctly, Joel Embiid is a free agent after this year. Is that no, true? You're not. No, he signed a Supermax in 2022. He's locked in until that 2026-27 season. Why does the website say that? I'm, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if you're looking at Sportico or one of those. I also was, Spot it's track, showing which you, has been yeah, so good track. to me. It's been so I, good to me for so many years. It's because it's showing you the original contract that he's playing on currently. That's what you're clicked on. He's currently still playing on that other one, but then he signed the Super... I believe. I don't know. I, I, I can't explain it to you. I'm just now trying to define no, the website. No, because if he was a free agent, we'd be talking about it. I'm we'd telling you he's not until 2027. He's not a free agent until that Great. season. So until 26-27 season after that. So he's locked in. He signed the Superbacks for four more. Anyways, the point, the point is that Joel Embiid is locked in. And if Joel Embiid is locked in, then the only piece, and you heard Stephen A. Smith mention there Tyrese Maxey, like the only piece that we're really talking about that's the key piece is James Harden. And yes, the James Harden piece seems like he is going to be on the move, and it is very believable that this will be his last season in Philadelphia. But if you have Joel Embiid, who's still in his 20s and right now quite possibly going to be winning an MVP and also has been in contention the last two seasons for an MVP, then frankly, you have a chance to do this again. So no, I do not think that this is the only season that the 76ers have an opportunity to win the championship. I also don't think that this is the season they're going to get it done. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. We open up the phone lines to you. It is your turn to weigh in. Maybe you want to help us name that NBA segment. Maybe you have some, some thoughts here on the things we just talked about with the NBA or anything that we got into on today's show. Give us your hottest takes. Bring them our way. Triple eight. Say ESPN. The phone lines are open to you here on ESPN Radio. 888-729-3776. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your chance to join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Bring us your hottest takes, anything that you got for us tonight. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open. We're going to play caller roulette in just moments. But first, Joe is going to do what he does best. Let's try to earn you a little bit more money, honey. Okay, this one is very specific. Some of you might not understand how it works, so let me lay it out for you. It's the Seattle Mariners taking on the Angels of Anaheim tonight in Seattle. It's a first five innings bet, which means everything that happens after the fifth inning doesn't matter. It's like betting the first half in a football game. We're taking the bullpens out of the equation for the most part. We're betting the first five innings, and there's a spread. Mariners minus half a run in the first five innings. It's juiced. It's minus 125. Now that we laid all that out, why would I make such a specific bet? Simple. It's the pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, Luis Castillo, who is incredible when he pitches at home. Last year, 4-1 and one with a 2.69 ERA. Opponents hit just 199. This year, he picked up right where he left off. First start of the season was at home. Six innings pitched, only one hit allowed, no runs to the Cleveland Indians. I think he mows down the Angels tonight. But I don't necessarily trust laying the big price because the Mariners have struggled offensively. They're averaging just three runs per game. So the final pizza money of the night, 
Mariners over Angels, first five innings run line, which means we need to be up by at least one run after five innings, minus 125. If you want to join the conversation, triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. The phone lines are open, but Joe, first I wanted to get to this story we hadn't gotten a talk, chance to talk about on tonight's show yet. And if you miss anything here on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We know about the controversy with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark coming off of that women's NCAA national championship game. Well, today there was more controversy, Joe, because. Jill Biden, the first lady, apparently said that she was going to encourage her husband, the president of the United States, to invite not just the winner of the national championship in LSU, but also the loser in Iowa. And given she didn't actually invite Iowa, the White House went on to clarify. The press secretary felt the need to clarify. We're not actually inviting Iowa. They came out. They said, we're only going to invite LSU. I know there was some talk on Twitter that LSU doesn't want to go now because Iowa is going to be invited. This created a whole storm on social media. This whole thing with this women's national championship frankly has become very explosive but again I kind of think in a weird way it's a testament to the growing popularity of that sport man it seems like and sure I'm sure the sport would prefer it was about the actual sport all the time but it does seem like the attention is on this thing and on these stars and on the viewpoints here in a way that it never was before I mean I understand the fact that the first lady may have been captivated by the Iowa story and and felt like she wanted to have them to the White House as well. But no, that's not how it works. It goes to the winner. The winners, the champions, they get the invite. The losers do not. And I know that some people will get upset with that statement, but the reality is this is good for everyone. It's good for everyone. Competition is important because it pushes you. It pushes you to boundaries you might not normally find, and it's important to know what your boundaries are. It's important to know that you can exceed those boundaries, and you can push yourself, and you can accomplish things that perhaps originally you thought you couldn't accomplish. It's okay to push yourself. It's okay to challenge yourself. It's also okay to fail. We've made it in this society where failure is such a bad thing. Failure is important. Failure is a good thing. Failure teaches you. Failure educates you. Failure makes you stronger. Just because you failed doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean you can't rise up and achieve something great. Do you know how many success stories begin with a failure? Almost all of them. Almost every single one of them. You just don't see it because you're only catching the tail end where Michael Jordan's hitting the game-winning shot. You don't know about him getting cut from his high school basketball team. That story comes out later. So when it comes to the White House and the invites, the champions go because they earned it. The losers stay home. The competition is good for you. Failure is good for you as well. Don't run from it. Embrace it when it happens. I agree with you that only champions should be invited to the White House. I'm not sure the First Lady, frankly, knew the controversy that she was creating by suggesting otherwise. She said, here's the quote, I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. So she didn't actually say that they were going to come or that they were going to be invited. Nevertheless, it's a bad look because, yes, you're right. Champions go to the White House. Angel Reese came out and, you know, was not happy about that. Of course, the suggestion that Iowa would go. Now, Caitlin, Clark came out and said 
we wouldn't want to go, you know, that's for champions. We didn't win that game. Caitlin Clark has, has certainly said all the right things. She also, by the way, tried to pour water on the controversy with Angel Reese, saying that I have no problem with what she did with the gesture, that nobody should have any problem with Angel Reese. She called herself a big fan of Angel Reese. Angel Reese came out and also said all the nice things about Caitlin Clark, you know, saying that they're, that they're coming together to rise the game up kind of thing. Nobody wants to be in the sewer here of Twitter with what's happening with the fighting and the controversy and the ridiculousness. But at the end of the day, people are more passionate about the sport. I feel like that's what it shows. Steve is in Alaska. Steve, you got about 30 seconds. What do you have? Uh, I have three big names for you. Reggie Miller, Allen Iverson, Robert Kraft. Those three names did really big, uh, iconic moments. Reggie Miller with the Knicks, Allen Iverson with the step over, and Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft with the 283 diamonds on the ring. I feel like this gesture between Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark will do for women's college basketball what those guys did for their respective sports. Yeah, that's wow. an, that's uh, that's a that's a good point because kept there it are tight those, too. He knew it was are, the end of the show. He kept it tight. Well done. Did. Yeah, very de- very well done, Steve. Pros pro. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance, but I like that point. It is true. We're all not talking a pros about pro needing to get the read in at the end of the show because we forgot earlier. Well, not, not a no, pros pro. Be getting it in right now was me being a pros progressive pro. Right we love you, progressive. You. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.